There's some cutting and scratching happening here on the Carolina Outdoors. Join in if you're laying flat on your back in bed on a Saturday morning via the airwaves of WBT Radio as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard and then around the world with highlights of the Carolina Outdoors via podcast. We invite you to subscribe, rate, review. If you like us, it helps us out and helps more people learn about what we have here in the Carolinas. Your host this week, as every week, Bill Barty and Wes Lawson. And Wes, with all of that said, we've talked a lot about fishing. Uh, we do have spring coming up, or, mm-hmm. or we're in spring, but it just continues. Uh, our turkey hunters are scouting out there. That season in South Carolina is going to open up late March into uh, 1st of April, and then soon thereafter comes the North Carolina wild turkey season. You know, I admit that sometimes I get very confused trying to understand some of the different zones for hunting in South Carolina. But it is, as far as that state goes, a very diverse terrain for hunting in general. And you have some really great species there. And in the right locations, a really strong turkey season. So it'll be fun to hear from folks uh, what they find during that spring gobbler season um, you know, I, in a recent drive, did see some uh, jakes and some poults out running around, which is always kind of fun. So I oh, think yeah. it'll be a whole bunch of fun here soon. You know, we had that false spring, that spring of deception a few weeks ago, then that cold snap, but that may do a, a lot of good for the movement of uh, of the turkey. You know what? We talked, uh, of course, mentioned highlights of the Carolina Outdoors podcast. You just type in that and up it will pop. We just talked to... Uh, Rocky River Trout Unlimited uh, chapter president and Paul Duffy was on and, and we were naming conservation groups that have had a lot of success. Uh, Ducks Unlimited has become a massive group. Of course, Trout Unlimited is one of the oldest as well. Um, uh, that sort of thing. But we just talked to Matthew Wallen from the CCANC. But that Wild Turkey Federation mm-hmm has had uh, an incredible amount of success over the past 50 years uh, with with the enhancement of the turkey population, where a place like South Carolina has extended a bit mm-hmm. the season uh, because of the health of the population and a bit of the demand. And it is a pretty controlled season. Both mm-hmm. North Carolina and South Carolina are spring-only seasons, and they happen now. Well, the, you know, the great thing about it is if we if we improve the habitat for turkeys, um, I forget the exact estimation, the number of other species that benefit, including humans, is pretty wild at really no no cost to us. I mean, there's a financial cost to, to improve the habitat, but it's not like we're losing terrain. We're not losing hardwoods or anything. Um, they're, they're such a good keystone species for us. Um, and it's so amazing to see them actually in the wild, um, and how different they look, how they behave, especially in the springtime when those those strutting toms get out there, get all their plumage out. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it really is amazing. <laughs> it's also really terrifying to watch one of them attack a, a, a turkey decoy because they will mess one of those things right up. Um, but it is fun. You know, I grew up in Virginia for the most part, and we had a fall season, which yes. was usually pretty fun because if, if deer hunting wasn't working out, you just— pivoted <laughs> you know i kind of do that with fishing if you're yeah. going to the coast uh um, going uh tarpon fishing say and you don't see any tarpon or not having any uh success 
it's pretty easy to switch to redfish mm-hmm. right away or or maybe whatever's biting right away. Exactly. <laughs> What's, well, you know, Bo Thomas was in the stores talking about, you know, down in Isla Morata, full couple days of, of tarpon fishing ends it throwing it at, at permit. Um, yeah, I think on our coast, oh, half wow. the time going fishing means we're going to catch something and we'll find out what. Hey, speaking of fishing, we've talked a bit about it uh, this episode of the Carolina Outdoors and previous episodes of the Carolina Outdoors. The Fly Fishing Film Tour is coming to Charlotte at the historic Visualite Theater. We're going to have live music at 5. The films will start at 7. Who is this for? It's for you. You're invited. Tickets are $18. We'll have them at the door. You can also go to jessebrowns.com to to grab your tickets there. But uh, we have a pretty wide variety of people that show up with a wide variety of interest uh, in the sport of fly fishing. And some of them just have a curiosity of what this sport Mm -hmm. is all about. It's It's a fantastic way for you to learn a little bit. I think you described it the best, Wes, at the Visualite, because if you're serious business about film, you can get up a little bit closer mm-hmm. to the movies. But if you are if you want to visit with a friend and talk about what has happened in the past week, it's pretty easy to hang back at the bar and have a little bit of social time while you're also watching the films. The audio, I mean, remember, this is, this is a music venue. The audio is mm-hmm. strong. So you can have a conversation and not upset anybody. In fact... That's probably half of the crowd is is telling a fish story while a fish story is being projected to them. It's a lot of fun. And plus, you know, if you're new to this, that makes it very approachable because you're not going to be stuck in theater-style seating like the folks were at the Banff Center Mountain Film Festival World Tour. That's right, that you were the MC of. And you'll be on hand at the F3T, mm-hmm. at the Visualite, uh, Bill, Wes, uh, Dave Bergman, lead guide and instructor. We will all be on hand along with... Many, if not all, of the fly fishing clubs mm-hmm. or conservation groups oriented around fishing will be on hand. So if you have any questions about that, they'll be uh, there to answer those questions, including Matthew Wallen from CCANC and other Charlotte chapter members. They'll all be there. It's a great time with prizes and that, that sort of thing ongoing. Just one of the many things happening this spring because, Wes, we talked about the turkeys. We've talked about fishing. Hiking is well underway. Um, People are getting outdoors more, whether it be local hikes or even uh, faraway hikes. Well, people are, um, I've already seen some social media posts of, in a lot of cases, a parent dropping off a teenage or college age child at Springer Mountain. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, Totally left that out. Some of the early early, uh, northbound Appalachian Trail hikers are already going, which hopefully means none of them were buried under snow <laughs> a couple of days ago because, you know, oh. some parts of the trail that they theoretically already could have gotten to got several inches. I mean, it was cold. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine no. zero degrees on the AT right now? Uh, that's a hard pass for me, but that's already underway. So um, I'm sure in the next four or five weeks that number is going to just skyrocket you know what i think we should get uh, uh next week we can get our resident long hiker uh pac-man matt long to mm-hmm. join us to give us the breakdown of what's going on mentally for those people who are starting that undertaking and the challenge that they have to pack i mean these are weight conscious people weight as in what they are putting on their back mm-hmm. and uh 
it can be 80 degrees on their hike or it can be like like you said they could get snow dumped on them and it be just sub freezing how do you prepare for that once you get to may june july that's uh not just hot yeah that's not as big a problem maybe some sweat some bugs that sort of thing but now is hard and of course there's a timetable for these people because if they are northbound on this hike they are trying to Finish the hike before um, uh, Katahdin, uh, Baxter State Park in Maine, before it closes down for the winter. Uh, because once it closes, ooh, the hike just continues. Yeah, it's uh, I, I just I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I try, but I, I, I can't. <laughs> Six-month time limit. Wes, did I jump over us going over the uh, fly fishing film tour? Uh, well, so we can go back to that real quick. So one of the... Good things about it this year is we are going to some places that we haven't been to either ever before or in a long time. So um, there is a film with a lot of action in Australia, Mm. which is great because that continent needs more attention for films like this because the the aquamarine biodiversity, the aquatic biodiversity is just incredible. I mean, there are fish that in a lot of cases are only there. You know, you're talking about land structures that are almost as old as the core of the earth practically so that's gonna be really cool to see that we've got some louisiana stuff we've got um, parts of the yucatan that haven't been covered before um, where you have these tarpon rookeries way up in the the mangrove swamps of of the yucatan peninsula where tarpon kind of grow where they come into their own Um, We've got Louisiana, I think I already said that, and there's a freshwater one that actually looks pretty cool in Alabama. There's four species of bass that are only found there. Um, Now, is that the Holy Well? Is Is that that one? No, the Holy Well, same same folks, same production folks doing that. because that that uh, that director and film uh, production company, uh, Dorsal Productions, that's Ben Meadows. He, I call him the. He's been on the Carolina Outdoors talking about his films, and you pointed this out. He has two in this year's Fly Film Tour: Steve's Red, which is about red fishing the uh, Gulf of Mexico, focused in on. Uh, Steve and his pursuit of this. Steve has caught every species of fish down there, including gar, mm-hmm. but he has never caught a redfish. And redfish are prevalent down there in the Gulf Coast of of uh, Alabama. Uh, you think he means he's never caught one of the big bull reds down there, or just a red period? You know what? I hadn't seen any of these films, so I'm I'm uh, anxious to learn that, mainly because of Ben Meadows being mm-hmm. um, the. I call him the resident Southern filmmaker. All these other filmmakers are from the West. They're all Yankees. They're all from Colorado. <laughs> That's right. Seems like anyway. We had one from Virginia, but most of all, they're Colorado, Montana, or Australia, somewhere globally. So to have uh, Ben Meadows, and he's got two: Steve's yeah. Red and the Holy, Holy well, well, which is the tarpon one down in the Yucatan. So he has a oh. third movie in a different fly fishing film festival event that's the one so i've just pitched a whole thing it's not even on there the the bass one is in another unnamed fly fishing festival well we can name a few of them because we've mentioned the holy well and steve's red but there's also bleed water k 
Cape York in After You've Gone. So Cape York and the belt buckle are both going to be Australia. So that should be really pretty fascinating. I mean, just incredible fish, incredible views. And then there's that Sabalo, um, which is about an Austrian going down to Cuba wow. to fish the um, Queen's Garden or the Jardin del, Re- del Reina, which is one of the most pristine tarpon fisheries on earth because Cuba, Castro didn't let anybody else fish. So there you go. Well, and surprisingly, we talked about this when Belize opened up after the pandemic and places like that, how Jesse Brown's Outdoors, jessebrowns.com, where you can shop with Wes Lawson and myself, Bill Barty, uh, Cuba, of mm-hmm. all places, um, we have a quite a few anglers mm-hmm. coming through who aren't just fishing the Carolina coast or the Carolina mountains or the Carolina Piedmont and lakes, but they're going to Cuba, mm-hmm. which has been closed for decades, mm-hmm. opened up, closed, opened up with uh, you have to meet certain parameters right. to go fish Cuba. Is fishing Cuba, do you think, like smoking a Cuban cigar? Is it just because it was a place you couldn't go, so that makes it more desirable? Probably, but I think in this case, too, you know that you're fishing in Cuba. That Cuban cigar you have mm-hmm. probably wasn't a Cuban cigar. <laughs> Tampa. It was Tampa or it was Dominican or something like that. Yeah, um, I think there is a certain mystique to it like that, which is, you know, that's fine. Just take cash because your credit card doesn't work down there. Uh. Well, we've had a lot of those people coming through, mm-hmm. but they have to go under either uh, some kind of service project or a cultural project or education project. It seems like to yeah. get a to get their passport stamped. There's going to be a portion of their trip where somebody from the government talks to them about how wonderful Cuba is. Ah, no matter what. Got it. So that's so the education. It may be on the bus ride to the boat. It may be when you get back. But there's going to be there's going to be some propaganda. Ah. So just smile and nod and do that because you're going to go to one of the best fisheries in our hemisphere. So it's well, fine. It's worth if, it. If you need a fly rod and a fly reel, we have them there at Jesse Brown's for that trip, along with what's going on, Wes, at Jesse Brown's. And jessebrowns.com is Footwear. We've totally moved our entire footwear um, to the far left side of Jesse Brown's store, and we have a wonderful selection. But more importantly, we are there to help make sure that those hiking boots, those walking shoes, those sandals that um, can essentially be customized with Mm -hmm. one single strap to your foot um, can all be fitted there to make sure that they are appropriate for you, the hiker, the wearer the person who's going to have them on their feet. And and to go through that process, you have to walk through all of our wonderful new arrivals. <laughs> um, so you're going to get to see things from Patagonia, Task, Free Fly, Haller Brothers, Sims, et cetera. Um, but, you know, the other thing about that too, Bill, is if, if you come in for a shoe or a boot fitting, we have a little bit of a process um, to how we do that. And it's a little bit different than what most people are accustomed to. So if you let that process unfold, you're going to have the right shoes or boots for your feet for your adventure, and it's going to work out beautifully. Hey, let's take a break, come back, and talk about some of the other upcoming events um, at Jesse Brown's Mm -hmm. and in the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. He's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors.